Fantastic. So, uh, Mr. Onibine, can you please note that? I'd like you to respond to that. Let me allow Benga Akinyemi uh, at Benga underscore Akinyem on Twitter. Uh, what are you facing or experiencing in your area? Um, but because your mic is on, we'd like to know your views. Yeah, thank you, Shim. The current situation might not be might not be fine, but it is it's a worthy sacrifice that all of us should endeavor to make for the betterment of our country. Um, we can see Atiwa Dibola Mentinubu as the Gandhi of Nigeria. For India to be what they are today on the global map, there was a Gandhi who made sure he sacrificed for the country. Uh, he also endeavored that all the countrymen and women, they sacrificed. So this is what is happening in Nigeria. It does not make any economic sense for us to be subsidizing Nigeria, for other country people, neighboring countries to be to be enjoying our our own our own hard earned money. Benga, yeah. let me so ask it does you, not make sense. Yeah, let me ask you quickly. Um, do you right. do you drive your own car? Do you live in Nigeria? <laughs> That's a personal question. <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted to know because I'm, I'm, I really want people's reaction on how their lives have been impacted by the policy in the past week. So we're looking at the consequences that he's, he's making. Yes, as well. even if, 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 if I'm not in the right, if I, if, if I don't experience that uh, directly, I have people who, who experience that and I can relate. So that's I know what, people are passionate. What, what, what do you think are the consequences of some of the um, the consequence or consequences, as the case may be, of the past uh, week decision. Yeah, we we are just we, we are preparing for a greater future. We uh, uh, anything good does not come easy. Okay, okay, Shane. How where do we get money? People are like my brother, my good brother. He has been talking about revolution and revolution now. This is an economic revolution that is going to usher in a better future for us. We should just endure and be a good uh, citizen and be patriotic about it. You you are asking about uh, questioning the effect of this subsidy. Where does the government get it? When you borrow to pay, you borrow to subsidize, then you should be able to take so tough decisions so that you can free you can free the economy from the clog that has been slowing down the wheel of development. Right. Where do you get money from? Where? Right. From Bring where? All right. Bring People that. are just becoming my extra economic. Right. How? How do we get money? All right, Gwenga, thank you so much. Let me allow another person. I want to get other people's views on this, then I'll get the panelists to react to some of this issue. At Karanja Sun, Karanja Sanction Skill uh, on Twitter, uh, if you are ready, your mic is on. You see that? Okay. If you're not, uh, maybe we can bring in... M I'm here. I'm okay. sorry. Fabulous. So you can go ahead. Your mic is on. My apologies. Uh, yes, I wasn't at my mic. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm actually not Nigerian. I will uh, just level up uh, immediately. And I do not live in Nigeria. I'm Kenyan. I live in Kenya. Uh, and... You know, it's so important, uh, and I wish that I, I'm an Africanist, by the way, and I wish that more of us Africans spoke to each other because the copy-paste nature of what is happening in Nigeria just shows me 
that the things that are happening in our countries are not things that are of that are of that are making of our of ourselves. They are not of our own making. They are things that are being imposed on us from outside. The IMF specifically uh, is the one that imposed this uh, withdrawal of subsidies. Um, and it's doing that because IMF is pushing countries in the global south generally to, uh, to, to raise funds to repay their loans. All of us have issued euro bonds and all kinds of other bonds that have been bought by, the, by people in the northern hemisphere in the U.S., in Europe. And all of those bonds are due for payment. So the IMF is forcing us to raise the funds to repay the, the, uh, that money. This is exactly what happened in August last year. On, uh, uh, immediately after the Kenyan election, President Ruto, in his first week, the first thing he did was withdraw subsidies. Now, I will say that subsidies on consumption are not a very efficient uh, way to uh, cushion the economy anyway. The best way to cushion the economy is different kinds of subsidies, subsidies on production. So, for example, our government did withdraw the subsidies, but William Ruto, our president, did very smartly replace those subsidies, uh, moving them from oil instead into agriculture, into production. And when you subsidize, particularly agricultural production, it is a very efficient way to subsidize it is one of the things that uh, IMF uh, Structural Adjustment Program used to forbid us to do. Um, so these are IMF policies. They are not Tinubu's policies. They were not Ruto's policies. What Tinubu could do very smartly after withdrawing these subsidies, which, by the way, is true what some of your guests have said, these subsidies only go to benefit oil companies. Um, is he would move that money instead into subsidizing farming um, and giving tax breaks to the people at the lower end of the economic uh, uh, ladder and perhaps raising taxes later on on, on big corporations. But uh, that is me. Um, that, right. that is me. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give recommendations to Nigeria on what to do. But that's what I would wish for our own country, for my own country, Kenya. And then one last thing I'll say is that after uh, Ruto withdrew the subsidies, um, the oil prices shot up briefly, but they actually came back down. And today, oil is at the same price that it was um, before the subsidies anyway. So uh, the subsidies uh, apparently were necessary and were going to foreign uh, to rich oil companies, uh, foreign oil companies, all of them American uh, and European, anyway. Thank you so much for the thank opportunity. Thank you so much, Karanja. If you will allow me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank if you, you allow me, I'll post something on the Jumbotron. Say that again. If you will allow me, I'll post something about IMF subsidies on the Jumbotron. Please, you can. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it, Karanja. I, I see it. that your country, you guys pay as, as much as uh, 662 Naira, Nigerian Naira for uh, per liter uh, for, for petrol. Um, well, that's slightly about a hundred and something naira higher than what Nigerians are paying today. But it's good to bring the the Kenyan perspective into this to give some understanding, uh, a more global understanding of these issues. Let me allow yet another person to jump in. 
and uh, Olu at Emperor 24. Uh, if you can jump in quickly and uh, let us know your views on what we're discussing. Your mic is on, Olu. Yeah, good evening, everyone. I've been listening to everyone. Thank you, Shil. Um About the subsidies uh, removal of thing, I think uh, this has been going on for over 25 years. Each time every government come over, they want to remove subsidy. Uh, some people will come from nowhere to stop them, okay? Uh, I will not dwell too much on the oil subsidy removal. But I will always blame our government with lack of transparency to the citizens. Lack of transparency in everything they're doing. So all subsidy, uh, you're subsidizing a resources that is boosting you money. It's not profiting anything. I kept quiet for over 25 years. All of a sudden, you come like a ghost. You want to remove subsidy that will affect all of us. More than 230 million population will all suffer for it. And the neighboring country will suffer. Then you want to force it on us. And you don't want to make any sacrifice from your side. Ordinary, ordinary, uh, uh, as of rep uh, uh, delegate, they will collect more than 50% of individual salary of a person, of a banker, chairman, salary. Only ordinary one person. So you don't want to make any sacrifice. There's no speech about it. There's no consultation about it. Nothing related to the newspaper that we are going to share the pain that they are having, uh, they are receiving now, experiencing now, that all of us are going to share part of it. No speech about it. All you want to do is to remove subsidy. Why we, as an ordinary citizen, will suffer for it? I think they have been pathetic and um, since... Since this problem has started, I've, I've suffered a, 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 enough on my on my on my company because I do I do this uh, shipping company. I have so many cars there to fill in my in my in my shop there. So it also affecting me. It affecting everyone. Whatever they want to do now uh, to the uh, to the new president Bola Ahmed Tinubu should do it and do something that will not affect the ordinary citizen. The marketers are crying already. We have experienced so much over the past five years or three years now. Uh, COVID came, uh, pandemic, and now another another one uh, war at Ukraine that is bringing us so many things. So we are all have experienced both diaspora and the people living in Nigeria are experiencing so so much hardship. So they should do whatever they want to do because I know after God is government. There's not we can't stop them anyway. So they should plead, uh, please, they should make it so soft for the ordinary citizen of Nigeria. They should, at least, what are, what are we benefit from this government? Ayo, what? Ayo, that is the question Ayo, 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 what, what do you the, think? What are we benefiting? Ayo, what do you think, what do you think should be done to, to, to cushion the effect? And, and I understand, yes, and I know, because I bought fuel 34,000 naira yesterday, something I was buying 14,000 to fill my tank. So, to, to yeah, yeah, thirty-four thousand. Yeah, so so I know there is uh, 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 a lot of hardship, and you you. Ca what do you think the government should do to 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 cushion the effect? It's Ayo. Please go ahead. 
Yes. You want me to speak? Olu, yeah. Olu, Olu, sorry, Olu.io, Olu. sorry. Sorry, Olu. So what what I what I would suggest in my own uh, yeah. little idea yeah. that has happened now, right? NNC and TUC, they should summon themselves, they should form a committee, honest committee, meet with the federal government to have a active talk on this issue. Are you re okay? It's what Nigeria voted for anyway. Is they voted for uh, subsidy remover? Yeah. So why are they complaining now? So now they should face it squarely that okay that we are going to remove it but give us time to mm -hmm. arrange all these things ghost uh, petroleum delivers all, right. all these uh, uh, on, on real on real tanker that is uh, letters that is, they call it 60 million per day it's all lie we are not there it's not reflecting to nigerians we don't know how much are they spending on oil subsidy all these things is being hidden from citizens ordinary right. citizens yeah. and it's, it's yeah. lack of transparency is right. there uh, thank you thank so much, you. Olu. Let me allow some uh, very quick uh, also other intervention at Babashin, at Oshe Bayo uh, on Twitter. If you are there and you have your intervention, please quickly jump in. Your mic is on. All right. Uh, hi, Sheikh. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, hi, Sheikh. Good evening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice conversation so far. Uh, I mean, on the first subsidy remover, uh, in as much as, you know, almost all the leading candidates mentioned that they were going to remove subsidy, and somehow... Except uh, for Shorea. Shorea said not. that he did not. <laughs> leading candidate. <laughs> so Shorea was we're, a leading we're candidate. He's, going he's, to one come the, like this. he's one of the most experienced candidates, isn't he? Uh, Shorea, my line. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. But, I mean, uh, I think, you know, removing first subsidy the way it was done... I think that's really the major conversation here. Yes, we cannot continue to subsidize, you know, uh, fuel, but in as much as we cannot continue to subsidize our fuel, how do we, you know, make it easy? I know a lot of people on this call, on this uh, space, are probably, I mean, they probably can afford it, and you know, they are not really thinking about, you know, the average Nigerian, somebody who's probably earning less than fifty thousand naira a month. My, my fuel tank is currently at half tank, and I may be skeptical to even walk into the filling station to go and buy, because I'll probably be spending about 35000 36000 to fill my car. Now, if subsidy was going to be removed, you know, some of the intervention I personally was expecting is that, you know, on electricity, I was expecting that the president would probably have declared, like, a state of emergency to, you know, just show Nigerian the seriousness that I want to find a final solution to this. Why I believe that this subsidy removal the way it was done is going to, you know, uh, be a form of double punishment. Most Nigerians are generating their own power. Is it that you are using generator? You are using uh, what's it called? Solar. You are using uh, solar. You are using inverter. All of that and none of these options actually come cheap. So imagine you probably run on gen on an average of 100 liters of fuel in a month. You should know the implication of that before your car and all of that. So. I was expecting, you know, that the government will have really it to say, okay, how can we reduce the burden? Electricity will be one area uh, I was expecting the government to look into. Issues around transportation is another uh, area I was expecting that, you know, the, the government will look into. I mean, uh, for those of us that probably uh, live in Lagos, I mean, where, where can you really just commute easily via public transport? A lot of people that put their cars on the road. It's not because they feel like driving, right? But because just moving around without a, your car 
or without a private taxi is 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 is, is serious punishment. So all of these things, we keep comparing ourselves to developed countries. You know, uh, they will say in UK, foil is sold for this, foil is sold for that. But again, in these countries, driving is at your is 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 because you just feel like driving. You necessarily don't have to drive because they are very very good uh, uh, alternative. You know, to to uh, to to driving. You can take a bus. You can take a train. And these things, you know, are uh, is very convenient for the people. So for me, uh, I'm really just you know looking for what um, what the end what what is going to be the end of the NFC conversation. All right. Thank you so much. Let me get one more. Uh, one... I, I think I wanted to okay, please make some in. statements before you call your. And, you know, my statements are political and also economic. Uh, I wanted to correct our friend who said that uh, Nigerians voted for Ashwaju. Nigerians didn't vote for Ashwaju, you know, uh, to the point that he has the legitimacy to do what he likes. This is why we were saying during the election that people like Ashiwaju should not be shielded from the But he ran away. He would never come to a debate because they know that these questions would have exposed him and probably they wouldn't have been able to get away with the stealing of the election like they do in every election season. I also wanted to react to our saying that you need a president that is firm. One firm president has just left to Daura. Look at the way he left Nigeria. He's firm. You know, we wanted a military, former military guy who can solve solutions, who can bring solutions. Eight years, your Buhari, firm, wicked, you know, at the same time, democratic government. We don't have, that's probably the reason why they can get away with some of these things. And I wanted to also address our Kenyan brother, fantastic contribution. But he was talking about the price of oil in Kenya. Why don't you ask what is the minimum wage in Kenya? Minimum wage in Kenya, Kenya reviews the minimum wage almost every year. Their latest is about $112. To, but our own is 30000 30000 is less than $50,000. Uh, um, uh, $50. So if I'm in Kenya and my fair price is 400 naira, I can afford it because my minimum wage is 112 And by the way, if you are listening to me, brother, that minimum wage is also still slave-like. I know there are a lot of political thieves in Kenya as much as we have in minimum wage because your politicians like our politicians are earning maximum wage and i agree completely with him that this is also a superimposed process from the world bank and the imf this is still the continuation of the structural adjustment programs of these two institutions first third world countries they call them global south now to do their biddings even though it's not in the interest of their people they want you to privatize water school when I was in the entry to the university in 1989, our battle was against the IMF. You know, in fact, there was an anti-IMF World Bank loan protest in 1989 that I experienced. And that time they said, don't fund education. But look at it today, the little uh, education that we funded, the few numbers of doctors we funded with little or no fees are the ones that are scooping away now to go and take care of their parents and their own people. So we must understand that when you are investing in people, you are not subsidizing them, you are not doing them any favor. You are just investing in them so that your own country can also be better. Today, these leaders we are talking about, Tinubu and the rest of them, none of them will go to the Nigerian hospital. Do you know how much it costs to park the presidential jet in any European city overnight? It's 5,000 pounds. 
Harry spent 140 days at the time the jet was idling there. You don't even want to know how much he spent on his hospital bills. The hospital he was in, as I'm aware, is 2,000 pounds to stay in that hospital per night. Multiply that by the amount, the number, the number of days he spent in hospital during him. Maximum wage in a country, and people who are earning peanuts, who are in peanage, you are tasking them with more responsibility, you have more sacrifice. They've been asking for tightening of beds forever. But the rich people don't tighten their beds. The moment they get into office, they're losing their belt and their bellies will be expanding and you know it reaches the, the realms of the clothes. So Nigerians must understand that this whole noise about subsidy is a distraction. Noise about subsidy remover is an attempt to choke our people to death. And this must be resisted. It's not because I'm here or because I ran in the election or because I'm an activist. It is the right of every country citizen to benefit from the resources of their country. And we know that all around us and all over the world, we don't even have to go to Europe. People have access to education in South Africa. They have access to health care. They have access to things that belong to them. But here, you have access to nothing. And the little thing you have, they are always after it. They are always after that little thing you, are, you, you have that comes to you as a citizen of the country, which is your fundamental rights, by the way. And that's, where Nigeria, that's how Nigerians should look at this. Mm. This whole argument you hear about, oh, it's time to remove the subsidy, but it's the wrong time. No, there's no wrong time to remove, or to, I mean, there's no right time to impose suffering. The truth is that those of you who said you have half tanks, you are afraid to go to the poor pumps because you can't afford it. That is the reality. And for a majority of our brothers who participate in this argument, and this is not to say that you have no right to say, so many of you are beneficiaries of subsidies in Europe and America. But when we are discussing this, you come to our spaces, you will not introduce yourself to us, you will not tell us your location, you say it's a personal issue, but then you want the suffering of your own people to come out. You know from experience, because I stayed in the U.S. for 20 years, that you also have to pay for it because Western Union is also waiting for you to help those who are being choked in Nigeria. And that affects you eventually. So Nigerians must understand this. Right. Don't beg yeah. anybody for your rights. Mm. Citizenship is your right. If you're a citizen of Nigeria, you have nowhere to go. Nobody has the right to choke you to death after they have stolen another election or they have rigged another election or whichever way they came from. I want to say one last thing about the Labour Party because, you know, I love talk, to talk about the Labour Party. The Labour Party is why, an idea. Why, why, do, you is, why do you like the Labour Party? Why, why don't you just uh, leave Labour Party alone? Uh, Any Labour Party will take anybody. Labour Party and the Labour Movement are two different organizations. The Labour Party is like an Airbnb. They rent it for anybody that wants to use it for political reasons. That's why you see Peter Abu is fighting them now. They are done with the contract. They want to collect their party back. Peter Abu is in love with uh, with the Labour Party because I'm sure he's already working towards another uh, another election. That is why you are seeing the Labour Party has always been there as a renter. It's a public renter. Anybody that wants it used to be for PDP. It will go for APC. Most of their candidates are former PDP and APC people. So nobody should worry about the Labour Party. Nobody should punish the NLC because of the Labour Party. The Labour Party. It's a renter. It's like an Airbnb. And that's why I call them internally displaced politicians. Come there, buy your time there. When you're done, move to your original parts. All right. 
let me get the the final thought of uh, the other panelists on the on the on the podcast. Uh, Shun, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Um, I mean, I think the dialogue has started. Um, Labour, the NLC, and the government, CBN, MPC, they are having their conversation. And I think someone also mentioned that this is a chance for NLC to make this conversation holistic. Um, they also have a hard line um, on the minimum wage because definitely um, this is going to have significant effect on the people. I mean, and that conversation was on our cascade to state where state governments also now meet with different labor unions um, to also talk about the minimum wage. That's why I'm of this opinion that even though we want to move for subsidy, biggest argument for me is just because we have put our government in a state, in a state where it can no longer act as government. You know, economic sabotage cannot police its borders because I don't understand how we find it very easy to say that uh, fuel in in in, in tanks in, in in multiples of tanks would leave Nigeria and we just move to the, across all storms officers and all that. They also, if you look at, there was a report by National Assembly that showed a huge disparity between what an NPC claimed about um, petroleum products being being brought in the country, number of barrels of food being being lifted, just too much disparity between the Nigerian Navy and an NPC. And, and, and DPR, which is now known as NURPC, uh, and also even the, the PPMC, which is also has a different name now. The different, there's a discrepancy in the numbers. So there's just too much opportunity for waste and corruption. And I think that's my biggest argument for removing for subsidy. But the question is that that has to be done in an environment of trust. And be, to say, this is a chance to tune government to be more efficient. There's nobody that leaves government in a decent society that gets out of government richer. You can build your influence outside government, but you live in government, not different from an average person. An average worker, a, a parliamentarian in the UK earns 60 to 80,000, um, around 68,000 pounds or something around that. That is not far off from what is the average workforce earns in the UK you know, in some sort of way. But you have Nigerian politicians ending on this side of the equation, and you have the people ending on this side of the equation. That cannot work. So that's my feeling. It has to be done in a of trust. That's the conversation on even tuning the efficiency of the civil service. That's the common play. If this is a chance to raise a single bond where you pay off a lot of people that you feel are not useful or productive to the system, this is the time for the government to put it on the table. Mm. And finally, it's also the business of doing government work. There has to be efficiency in, in public contracting. There's too much waste. Every day you see read budgets, too much waste in how we handle public treasury in Nigeria. And until that that happens until that changes. If you like, remove subsidy. If you like, give Nigerian government 100 trillion naira. It's not going to change anything because you are dealing with uh, power symmetry in, that has put power on the side of some people and has not given power actually to the people. So that's where I, I, I will pitch my tent um, as much as possible. Thank, Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate that. Alwan, your final thought. So I think uh, it's, it's done and the conversation has started. Uh, you think the... it's done? Yeah, Labour wants the FG to rescind. There wouldn't be any reversal on this case. Um, we are not, we are not jokers. This, this is a serious government. So I think uh, the conversation has started, just as Shun has said, and and uh, let's look at the some policies that will cushion the effects of uh, the removal. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Shobara, do you have a final thought? 
Well, um, there's no conversation that can uh, deal with the depth of uh, this new series of injustices that uh, is about to be perpetrated against the Nigerian people. Uh, like I've always said, it's up to Nigerian people to stand up to these characters who come back and forth hijacking government. You can't put any palliatives in place that will not be stolen by these political parties. They steal for a living. And if you put palliatives, they'll be hijacked by the parties. If you put 5,000 for each person, the party leaders will hijack them at the grassroots level. They are not coming to govern. They are coming to take care of their own personal business interests. And until Nigerians realize this, and continue to work together and teach these guys a big lesson once and for all. Uh, we we'll keep having these backward conversations, and I and I hate to say that sometimes it's uh, quite uh, burdensome for people like me to keep repeating. These are the kind of conversation we had when I was a student uh, at the University of Lagos against Babangida, uh, the same against Abacha, against Obasanjo, and then now, to 30 years later, we are still discussing poor subsidies. You know. Things that are mundane and very, you know, retarded. Uh, and and I, I just hope Nigerians understand this and um, they know what I mean. Thank you very much for having me. I must and say, good uh, to see you. Jim. Thank you, sir. Uh, been... Okay, yeah. yeah. There are two shows here. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. My Thank presidential candidate. <laughs> Thank you so much. Indeed. But you choose the right presidential candidates. You keep doing debates on first subsidy. <laughs> I'm going to zoom that. We were, we were going to make you the minister of finance, but you, you lost. Yeah, so what I already promised me, I'm the minister of finance. <laughs> I, I, I trust your judgment. You know, I may not agree with. But you didn't. He didn't campaign for you, Shawara. I know now. They are, the party, they are the Labour Party people now. They are the I'm not that Labour Party. <laughs> I'm not they are the you IDPs. The I Labour didn't party. campaign for anybody in the last election. I was neutral. But she was a perpetual presidential candidate. I'm yeah. always on. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Jolly good fellows. Uh, I'm going to show you the presidential candidate of the AAC into 2023 election. And she was the co-founder of Budget, Alwana Hassan. Uh, political commentator and a member of the APC. Thank you so much, Alwan, for coming Thank you, on the podcast. There you have it, everyone. Every speaker on this podcast have given diverse views on the topic, but they have all agreed on one thing, and that is the welfare of the people being seriously and the need to cut the cost of governance. Cost of governance in Nigeria is what looking into, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, the bottom line is all of these monies in government and uh, in the federation account, is it not supposed to be for the benefit of the average Nigerian? Well, a country where the government spends over 70% of the budget on recurrent expenditure and less than 30% on capital expenditure, uh, expenditure, that's an obvious recipe for disaster, isn't it? We've had the benefit of getting the view of how it works from across the borders, and uh, we've also learned that Subsidy on production value chain works way better than subsidizing consumption like oil and uh, or what have you. And over the years, we've learned our lessons. So few subsidy remover and the attendant chaos is only a part of the big economic problems Nigeria is facing right now. The economic numbers are not looking good. And this is in the face of continued lack of accountability and almost culture of transparency. Whether ill-timed or never meant to be, 
As of today, the subsidy regime gradually being phased and out, and the effects are biting hard in such a way that many Nigerians who live at the bottom of the pyramid would have now faced more difficulties. Let's not forget, the primary purpose of government is to provide security for lives and property of citizens, and most importantly, improve the welfare of the people of the country. Thank you so much, all of you, for being part of this podcast today. It's so much a pleasure being in your company. I'm Sean Akimale. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast with Shayono Kimbaloi. Mike on Podcast for the independent mind.